0: Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. It's a a real privilege to be uh, continuing on our Ephesians series with you this morning, and and an honor to be following on from Sam General's message that he shared with us last Sunday as he looked into living like Christ. And if you didn't get the chance to check that out, I really encourage you to go to our Crossroads YouTube channel and and have a watch or listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, But he did such a fantastic uh, job at looking at this topic of living like Christ. And and he kicked off his sermon by asking three questions. He asked this, he asked, do I live like Christ? And uh, upon honest reflection, had to come to the conclusion that no, no, I don't. Um, you know, I, I might try and I might uh, want to, but but do I actually live like Christ all the time? No, I don't. And so he stepped that back uh, a step further and said, but do I try to live like Christ? And and I'm just paraphrasing, but, you know, talked about that he does try to live like Christ sometimes, but not all the time. So can he honestly say as a sort of definite statement that he tries to live like Christ? He, again, he had to say no. And so he stepped it back a, another step further to the question of, do I w- want to live like Christ? In which the answer was 100% Yes, yes, he does want to live like Christ. And then through an incredible sermon, he he brought us to the understanding that through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we can set the bar back to, I live like Christ, not have to lower it to, well, do I want to? And today we're going to be focusing on living holy lives. And I found myself asking the same questions when it comes to holiness. Do I live a holy life? And again, for myself, as I reflected on that, I'd have to say no, right? I want to, I try to, but do I actually live a holy life all the time? No, I don't. And again, do I try to live a holy life? Well, there'll be times where I try, but there are times where I don't. And so if I want to make a definite statement of I I try to, well, then I have to say, well, no, I don't. There's plenty of times where that's not true. But do I want to live a holy life? Yes, of course I do. I want to live a holy life. But why can't I say that I actually do? And I think that one of the reasons often comes down to uh, my perspective of holiness and what I believe I'm actually capable of achieving uh, when it comes to a life of holiness that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so that's something I do want us to consider this morning, how our perspective often affects our ability to grasp holiness. But when it comes to holiness, I find myself having to take an even further step back and ask myself, what even is it? What even is it? What does it mean to live a holy life? I don't know about you, but for some reason I find it really hard to retain in my mind a clear example of what holiness in a person looks like. In Christian circles, it's often said that holiness is to be set apart. It's to be different from the world around you and live how God wants you to live. And and I can remember that definition, and I think it is a fine, simple definition of holiness that we'll expand on further in a moment. But if I try to identify specific examples of what holiness looks like, I find myself thinking, well, you know, it's sort of this and it's sort of that. It's spending some time with God. It's refraining from things I shouldn't do. But nothing tangible or absolute comes to mind. And it's weird because I have taught on holiness many times. I've explained what it is a bunch. But whenever it's time for me to teach on it again, I always have to start from scratch. I begin looking at a few definitions of holiness. I read uh, passages in the Bible about holiness and then commentaries related to those passages. And I read some articles about what living a holy life looks like. And then I begin to piece some things together out of the back of that as if I've never thought about it before or I've never looked at it in my entire life. It's almost like when you have a dream and the next morning you're trying to remember the details, but they quickly start fading away and then they're gone. It's how I often feel when I try to consider the topic of holiness, and I find it frustrating. It's as if it's beyond my ability to totally grasp what it's all about. And, and I find thinking about holiness sort of like those other uh, concepts that start to hurt your brain if you think about them for too long. Uh, like, have you ever uh, spent much time trying to think about the fact that the universe is expanding? In my brain, I'm like expanding into what? what is outside of the universe. And um, I was reading some theories on it, and based on some of the earliest observable light in the universe, there's a theory that the universe is like a hollow donut shape, and if you were to travel across the surface of that shape, you'd always end up where you started. Um, Another one is that the universe is infinite, but then, like, how does something that is infinite expand? What does infinite expand into? And, um, man, I just find it so hard to wrap my mind around these ideas. Sorry, I know it's probably too early on a Sunday morning to be thinking like that, right? We probably weren't expecting that. But comparatively, that's how I feel when I try to think of holiness. Often the longer I think about it, the more I confuse myself. And maybe you don't relate to that at all. But I have a feeling that many of us do because I think there's a spiritual reason why we struggle to grasp holiness or remember what it is exactly I think when it comes to complicated topics like the expansion of the universe, uh, I think the reason it's hard to grasp is that it's, beyond, it's something that's beyond anything we've ever known or personally experienced. There's nothing in life we can really compare it to, nothing in our everyday experiences that we can say, oh yeah, it's sort of like this. The best we've got right now is that maybe it's shaped like a donut. And so I think maybe the reason why it can be so hard to grasp the concept of holiness is because at a human level, it's something we are not. You know, to expand on the definition of holiness, holiness is the total opposite of sin. It is pure goodness, total perfection. It's who God is. It's the definition of His character. And if you've spent much time on this planet, then you'll know that pure goodness and total perfection is not a part of our everyday experience. And yet we worship a God who is totally perfect. And through the power of the Holy Spirit invites us to embrace this concept of holiness for ourselves. A concept totally foreign to us that we regularly get in the way of totally embracing. And so it's hard to truly know it and truly grasp it. For me personally, I don't struggle so much with imagining God as being holy. uh, But I find it far more difficult to see myself as holy. But despite holiness feeling like that and and being a hard thing to grasp, holiness is something that the Bible encourages us to pursue, to pursue pure goodness. It's something that we can be, it's something that we can know, so though it can be hard to grasp, that doesn't mean we don't try. Again, I think it's often our perspective that makes it difficult for us to believe that we can be holy. But I believe that it is something that we can be, because in our passage today in Ephesians, Paul describes for us what holiness can look like, and he seems pretty convinced that it is a way that we can live. And so Paul is going to list a number of things related to holiness, and and we're going to see if we can break that passage down and and give us something specific to take away, something for us to grasp and know when it comes to holiness. And so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 3. The verses will be on the screen if you'd like to follow along, but also I encourage you to follow on your phone or in your Bibles if you've got them with you. But this is what it says in our passage this morning. Paul says this, he says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't Uh, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So according to Paul, that's what holiness looks like, which includes several different things, right? Things we shouldn't be doing and things we should be doing instead. But I don't personally believe that this is a comprehensive list of what holiness is. That everything and anything to do with holiness is here in this one passage. And if we pick apart every specific thing Paul lists, we'll know everything in regards to holiness. Holiness, pure goodness, is something that we strive to encompass our entire lives, all aspects of our lives. And so it's going to affect Everything, which is far more than what is listed here. And so I don't want to spend too much time on each individual thing listed because I think we just make this idea of holiness too narrow and more complicated than it needs to be. And and I think that's where, uh, maybe why, there's often unhealthy portrayals of uh, what holiness looks like in places like movies and TV shows. You know, often holy people are portrayed as these unlikable characters who come across as judgmental because they would never do that or stoop down to that level. And they make it known to everyone with their noses pointed up in the air, right? And I think that can happen. When we turn holiness into, well, it's not this and it's not that. And I don't think that is Paul's intent when he lists the few things that aren't related to holiness. Instead, I think he's just getting us started on our journey of holiness and making some points of hol- about holiness in its entirety. You see, Paul isn't just listing a few random things from a long list of unholy things that just came to mind when he was thinking about this subject. There is purpose and a pattern to why Paul lists what he lists and groups certain things together. There's a reason why he says in verse 3 and 4, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. You know, if you think about it, all of these behaviors have negative impacts on others. In a relational sense, when it comes to sexual immorality, that takes two, right? And so when you enter into a sexual relationship outside of marriage or in the form of an affair, or if you were to abuse someone, you are impacting the life of another person. And quite likely the lives of those who are closely connected to that person or people who are closely connected to you. And even in a consensual setting, the other person will now have to carry what happened between you into future relationships. And so sexual immorality never just impacts us as an individual. Even when sexual immorality comes in the form of things like pornography, the same is still true Trafficking Hub led a worldwide campaign in 2021 against Pornhub who are the leading provider of online pornography and after gathering over two million signatures, Pornhub was uh, forced to delete all non-consensual content. This resulted in the deletion of approximately nine million videos. Now, it is my understanding that that doesn't mean all 9 million videos were non-consensual, but Pornhub had no way to verify that and prove that they weren't. And so you can't watch pornography without running the risk that you are supporting the creation of videos that cause harm to others. And so sexual immorality always negatively impacts others. Greed is taking more than you need, which usually means someone else is missing out. Obscene talk or foolish joking is usually at the expense of others. If I make an inappropriate joke, it's usually degrading towards someone else in some way. Or if not, I'm still being a poor example to the person I'm sharing it to. Holiness is never at the expense of others. And I think that's more of what Paul is wanting us to take away from this passage. Not to start making a list of what we should and shouldn't do, but understand that any activity I partake in that is at the expense of others won't be holiness. And so if I'm trying to figure out what holiness is and what it isn't, rather than getting a long list of do's and don'ts, that's a question that we can be asking ourselves, right? Would this be at the expense of others? Would it be at the expense of others? Because if it is, well then it's not holiness. Holiness is never at the expense of other people. And Paul has some pretty strong words for apparent believers who continuously behave that way. He says, For you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, I think it's important to clarify that Paul isn't saying, if you have ever done any of these things as a follower of God, you won't have inheritance in God's kingdom. Because I'm sure all of us can think of examples where we have been or done those things even after becoming a follower of Jesus. But when you do, there should be a sense of, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. And hopefully following that you'll take the opportunity to make that right. You know, you'll work it through with God. You might seek a friend or a family member or a connect group member or a pastor to confide these things in and walk alongside you. Um, You'll apologize to whoever needs apologizing to, and yeah, continue to work it out with God. Unfortunately, that may not always be immediate, right? Sometimes they're a bit stubborn, but eventually you turn things around and you make things right. But what Paul is referring to is someone who is able to continuously maintain these types of behaviors and show no remorse or willingness to change. Paul doesn't believe that it's possible for a genuine follower of Jesus to live like that. And so he questions whether they're a follower of Jesus at all. Because holiness is never at the expense of others. And part of following Jesus is pursuing holiness. Pursuing that pure goodness that defines God's character and can define and so those two things are not compatible. Even if others say, no, nah, it's fine. It's fine, right? Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. You know, there will likely be people who will say, no, nah, it's not that big of a deal. Inappropriate jokes are funny. Or I watch stuff like that, and it doesn't affect my mind. Or who cares what the church thinks about that? I think it's fine. You just do you. And Paul says, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Their words are empty. There may be half-truths and statements like that, but holiness is never at the expense of others. And Paul reckons that all these behaviors are. So if someone says that they are fine, they are misinformed and they are directly contradicting God. Which I think is all of us at times, right? It's all of us at times. I don't want to make it sound like, well, there's those of us who are just trying to do it right and there's these nameless foes who are trying to bring us down with their empty talk I think we all push the limits at times or or make poor judgments at times. But if we are trying to live as children of the light, when one of us has a slip up, that behavior isn't reciprocated or encouraged by the people around us. And if the people around us are continuing to model living holy lives, uh, then they can hopefully lift us back to behavior that isn't at the expense of others you know, I think for myself, one I can easily slip into are the videos that I share with friends on social media, like uh, reels on Instagram or uh, shorts on YouTube, because there's some, there's some funny content out there, right? And there's some fantastic, great Christian content out there that's hilarious, or there's some really great encouragements as well, and they are a genuinely fun way to connect with others and share those things with other people. But you know, sometimes the social algorithms will send me content that's more risky or that's more inappropriate, and in my flesh, I find it funny. But it's not helpful, right? It's not good. And in those moments, there's a temptation to then send it to a friend who I know will also find it funny. But I need to ask myself in that moment, will this actually be helpful to them? Am I just dragging them down to where I'm at? Um, You know, am I actually being a good example for them? And I don't always get that right. And so that's something that I've got to work on, right? And I've, I've limited my social media use to help prevent that. But, you know, there will be times where I am the person of empty words, There will be times where you are the person of empty words. But if we are all striving for holiness, it'll be more difficult for any of us to stay in those places for long because the people around us aren't in those places. And I think that's what Paul means when he says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. I think exposing these things is less about literally calling them out and more about modeling the kind of living God calls us to so that when we are together as fellow believers, we would feel out of place if we were to behave in any of those negative ways that Paul talks about. If we're all striving for goodness, righteousness, and truth, which are all elements of holiness, it would feel out of place if there was anything different to come from any of us. But not in a judgmental, you don't belong here sort of way, because we would then be in danger of taking on the holiness stereotype that is often portrayed. What Paul means is in a manner where inappropriate talk like gossip or coarse language or jokes or sexual immorality or drunkenness aren't reciprocated by the group, aren't encouraged by the group, so there's less of a desire to be a part of those things because no one is going to be impressed by them or encourage them or join in with them. For example, when I was in uh, uni in my late teens, I had the privilege of hanging out with a number of awesome Christian guys who were in their mid-20s to mid-30s. And so uh, they were just more mature than me. And as I spent time with them, I just felt sort of uh, a, a want to mature myself as well because I really respected these guys. I really enjoyed being around them. And so I wanted to be the kind of person that they would respect and that they would enjoy being around And when I think back to those days, I don't think back and think, oh, yeah, they were really judgmental, and they were really hard on me. Therefore, they pushed me to need to mature. It wasn't that at all. Rather, they encouraged me. They walked alongside me. I even, you know, sometimes would say and do ridiculous things, and they were there for me. Sometimes they would challenge me in a number of ways, but ultimately positive and all for my good. And I think that's the kind of... culture that Paul is wanting us to create with these kind with these verses right pursuing holiness encourages others to pursue holiness strive for goodness righteousness and truth so that those around you also feel compelled to pursue those things and personally feel the need to course correct when there's a moment that doesn't fit into those things using the language of Paul live in the light so the things of the dark can be illuminated. Pursuing holiness encourages others to pursue holiness. And pursue it because it's something that you can be. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live a holy life. You can say, I do live a holy life. That is who I am. Because Paul reminds us again that it is through the empowerment of the Spirit that we live this way. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. You know, too much drink is often a tool that is used to help numb us or help us cope with the lack of pure goodness in our lives or in this world around us. But Paul says be filled with the Spirit because He is the Holy Spirit, the totally perfect, purely good Spirit. And when you're filled with him, you can know pure goodness, total perfection in a world where that isn't the reality. And to know and experience that gives us a reason to sing. It gives us a reason to praise because we have come to know the one that is everything that we aren't or had never known before. You don't need to numb yourself to the lack of pure goodness in this world. You just need to know the one who is purely good amongst it, who will enable for you to also be purely good. You know, I want to speak to something that I think is often a struggle for my generation and the generation younger than me. I think sometimes in our good and honest attempt to be open and honest with each other about our struggles, we create a culture where it's expected to just keep on struggling together and that's all we'll ever do. I remember a number of years back, I was at a church leadership conference and we had split off into small groups. And a guy in the group asked a really bold and courageous question to the rest of us. He said, do you guys still struggle with pornography? And that would have been a big thing to ask a bunch of other, you know, fellow church leaders. And so um, we started discussing this. And I started talking about where they were at. And for me at the time, uh, temptations were strong. But I hadn't uh, gone and looked for pornography in a number of years. And so we were just sharing and talking about how that was going. And it was good. And it was vulnerable. And it was honest. And it was powerful. Uh, But then as things began to wrap up, I think there was a bit of a problem. As that conversation was coming to a close, I tried to encourage us to say, hey guys, like, this is tough, but we can overcome this. We can be the men God wants us to be. It can be done. And there was this sort of awkward silence at the end of the conversation. uh, And it became very clear that what everybody in the group wanted was for us to just share our struggles and then sort of just wrap up with, well, I guess we'll just keep on struggling together then. I guess that's just how this is going to be and how it will always be. Uh, But I think that's empty talk. I think that's empty talk. I don't think God calls us to things that are impossible for us to do with the empowerment of His Spirit. They may be impossible for us in our flesh, but with the Holy Spirit, they can be done. You know, every year in in January, I enjoy running the Super 7s, which are seven weeks of 7K runs on Tuesday nights, starting at Ongley Park. And something I'm always reminded about myself at the Super 7s is that I am my own worst critic. You know, I often get to the fourth or fifth kilometer, and more people start passing me than I am passing, right? And very quickly in my mind, I'm like, well, tonight's not going to be a good time. You're obviously not going to crack a personal best. You've obviously not paced yourself well, and you're running out of puff, and everybody's passing you. And, you know, this happens every year, so this is obviously just as fast as you're ever going to be. These guys are faster than you, and that's just how it's going to go. And often I find that on those nights when I think that way, that is what takes place. That's how I end up finishing. But I've, I've noticed that I've struggled with this for a number of years, so I try to catch this and try to replace those thoughts, and I just try to remind myself, hey, look, you're being passed now, but just keep going. Often when you get to the last kilometer, you then start passing some people, so just keep pace and look at your watch. You know, you're still on track. Just because people are passing you doesn't mean that you have slowed down. And then I also just try to be thankful and, you know, hey, God, Also, it's so cool that these guys can keep the pace that they keep. That's awesome. Maybe one day I will be able to as well. That's all right if I don't. Um, And I find that when I can have a mindset like that, right, it makes a huge difference. And I usually meet the goal that I have set for myself or I even set a new personal best. And so in those moments, the perspective I have really matters. It greatly affects the outcome of my results. You know, the holy life will be a lot harder to live if you don't believe that you can live it. But you can. You can. With the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, you can. That doesn't mean that you'll never slip up We all slip up. But in those moments, that don't then conclude, well, I guess this is how it's always going to be. And this is just who I am. No, through the Holy Spirit, you are holy. So get back up and keep fighting for it. Do what you need to do to make things right and let the Holy Spirit continue to take you on that journey. You know, in that story uh, uh, I shared a moment ago, I said that it had been a couple years since I had uh, watched pornography. And going on from there, uh, it has now been over seven years since I've actually actively looked for pornography. And I would like that because unfortunately, you know, there are times where it will come up in a movie or a TV show or something like that, or social media will send something more risky my way, even if I didn't want to see it. And so I want to be totally open and, and honest and transparent about that. I don't want to pretend that I'm someone I'm not. But I hope and pray that I'll be able to say, It's been 10 years since I've gone looking. It's been 20 years since I've gone looking. It's been 30 years since I've gone looking. But if I do fall and I look again, I'll need to make things right. I'll need to work through it with God. I'll need to apologize to my wife. And then I'll need to get back up and keep pursuing holiness through the Spirit because I don't stay in places like that. That's not who I am. That's not who you are. And I would appreciate some prayer, because now that I've declared something like that, I'm sure the enemy will uh, bring some temptation my way. But I share that not to boast, but to say, Struggle Street is not where you belong. That's not who you are. Whatever you are struggling with, whatever you have been through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it can be overcome. And when temptation comes back time and time again, the Holy Spirit will help you fight that battle. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do this. You can live a holy life. And I love that statement of Paul's, find out what pleases the Lord. Later in the passage, he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's, again, why I don't think this passage from Paul is a comprehensive list. I think Paul is saying one thing about holiness is that it is never at the expense of others. But ultimately, you find out what pleases the Lord. You understand what the Lord's will is. You know, as I said earlier, the pursuit of holiness, of pure goodness, is going to encompass all aspects of our lives. So it's unrealistic to expect Paul to cover it all. So he gets us started, and then he says, now you go find out what pleases the Lord. Take time for yourself to understand what God's will is. Holiness is a lifelong pursuit. And fortunately for us, God has blessed us with ways to figure that out. In our first session of the way training together, Nick and Sarah shared with us that as they were developing the way training, they spent some time with older Christians that they felt had um, an admirable faith that they had held on to through their entire lives. And each person they spent time with had something Uh, Four things in common with the other people that they talked to. And so you might want to brace yourself because there's some radical ideas. This is what they had in common. Each person they talked to spent meaningful, regular time in God's Word. They spent regular, meaningful time in prayer. They spent regular, meaningful time in worship. And regular, meaningful time in fellowship with other believers. You know, pursuing holiness is a journey that lasts a lifetime and encompasses all aspects of our life. And there are so many different ways that we're going to embrace it. But I reckon if these four things are a regular and meaningful part of our lives, along with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you will likely continually embrace holiness. And so I really encourage you to continue come gathering in this place to worship, to fellowship, to hear from God's Word and pray in our Sunday services, but also on our kingdom nights. I also encourage you to spend time in God's Word in your own time. And if you haven't got a Bible, come find me after the service. I will gladly give you one. Or you can download the Uversion Bible app for free from the App Store. We've also got a tool that you can use to help you get started in your Bible reading from our time in the way training called the Discovery Bible Method. I'd be happy to teach it to you, but anybody who's gone to the way training can teach it to you. Um, And we also have it available in the resources section of the webpage for this teaching series, crossroads.co.nz forward slash for this reason. Also spend time in prayer. And if you don't know how to pray or where to start, again, we have a tool that you can use for prayer called the Acts Prayer Method that we also learned in our Time at the Way training. And it gives you a format for what prayer could look like. So again, you can find that resource at crossroads.co.nz forward slash for this reason. And when it comes to fellowshipping with others, we have a number of ways we do that here together at Crossroads, whether through our connect groups or our young family gatherings or Wednesday play group or mainly music or Crossroads Youth. We do our best to provide plenty of ways to get together, and many of those opportunities do those four things in some way. And so you can find information about all those things at our website. As a church community and as individuals, let's find out what pleases the Lord and understand His will together. And doing those four things are a great way to do that. Getting into the Word, praying, worshiping, and fellowshipping. It's something that older Christians continuously do and have in common, so let's learn from their example. But as well as Paul giving us the example of holiness not being at the expense of others, we're also given another place to start. To help us know what holiness is, we, know, we can ask ourselves, is this at the expense of others? But a way that we can engage in what it is, is by being thankful. He says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed uh, because they're improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's something we can do right here this morning, and so I'd love to invite the worship team up as we get ready to do that. We can thank God through song, through praise, and then go out of this place and um, pursue holiness by not making decisions that are at the expense of others, and spend time together thanking God for who He is and what He's done, and seeking what pleases Him together. You know, holiness is a lifelong journey that encourages others to live holy lives and is never at the expense of others. At a human level, holiness is something that we're not. And so it can be hard to truly grasp what it looks like to be holy, because we don't see pure goodness and total perfection in this world. But as followers of Jesus, we are indwelt by the one who is the totally perfect, purely good spirit. And so for this reason, we live holy lives. It's who we are, not just something we'd like to be. Let's pray. Lord, first of all, again, we just want to acknowledge that you are holy. You are holy, Lord. You are totally perfect. You are purely good. And we thank you so much for, for coming down into our world, Lord, a place that is none of those things and showing us what that looks like. Thank you for your example in Jesus, a man who lived in this world and lived a totally perfect life. We're so grateful for that. And thank you that you invite us into that as well, that you invite us into holiness, Lord. We know we slip up. We know that we make mistakes, Lord. But I pray that we'd always get back up and keep striving for that and that your spirit would empower us to do that. I pray that our lives would just be an example to others of of what it can look like to pursue pure goodness, that people would see that in us and they would want to know that too. And Lord, I just pray that we would be gracious with one another. We're all on this journey for holiness, Lord. We all want to be it. I pray that we would encourage one another, walk alongside each other, lift each other back up when we fall to places that don't align with what it looks like to be holy, Lord. And that this place would just be a place filled with joy, Lord. I think about, you know, your spirit, your holy spirit, totally pure, totally perfect, Lord. And think about the fruit of your spirit, you know. And, and all of those things are positive and good things. And so I pray that we would be those things for one another, Lord. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for taking us on the journey with you, Lord. I pray that you would help us just stay strong and, and close to you for our entire lives because we recognize this is something we're always going to be pursuing. And yeah, we just pray that you would grant this to be true of us, that we would be able to confidently say, I do live a holy life that is who I am. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.